0: Welcome to the two-player take. I'm Jay.
1: And I'm Monisa. We're a married couple from Texas who like to play tabletop games and discuss them from the two-player perspective.
0: Today, we're reviewing Pandemic, a two-to-four-player cooperative game designed by Matt Leacock and published by Z-Man Games.
1: The game takes about 45 minutes to play and contains elements of hand management, variable player powers, and a set number of actions each turn for players to choose from.
0: And we have had this game for about how long
1: um six months
0: yeah about six months probably one of the first games we bought to start our collection um one of the typical gateway games as they call them you know the games to get the more casual uh gamers into the more modern games so um not actually our first cooperative game though no what was our first cooperative game
1: the Harry Potter Hogwarts battle mm-hmm. that you got me for Christmas. right? <laughs> and that was the first cooperative game that I had ever played.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was it the first one you'd ever played?
0: I Well, I'd, I'd, I'd actually dabbled in, huh, dabbled, geez. <laughs> um, I'd actually played um, Legendary, which is Marvel's cooperative game. It's, it's co-op, so you're, you're helping the other players uh, eventually win the game, but there's like a winner-winner like a like a, a winner, best, winner, <laughs> a best winner at the end of the game.
1: Um, and <laughs> the <Hobart's>, most winner.
0: <laughs> and Hogwarts battles more. Um, you are trying to achieve a,
1: a combined com-
0: a combined victory or a combined loss. Um, so that was really fun. So we liked that a lot. Um, wanted to get Pandemic mm-hmm. um, because you know anybody who's part of the hobby or lo- is looking into the hobby and, and you know modern games in the hobby knows that Pandemic is one of the first few games you should get, especially if you like cooperative games. And um, you
1: convinced me by appealing to my pre-med side.
0: Right. <laughs> you get to treat people. You get to you get to cure diseases and, and all that other stuff. Speaking of, you play as a specialist out of seven. And mm-hmm. we're talking about the base game. I'm not really sure about expansions if they add anybody, but there are seven roles in the main game. So you play as a specialist on a team, trying to find cures to four diseases across the globe. As soon as you find those four cures, you win the game immediately. Right. Um, You don't necessarily have to eradicate all the diseases, you just have to find the cures for them. And you do this while dealing with outbreaks, epidemics, and overall just trying to coordinate with your team to make the best, most efficient moves possible before the multiple in-game triggers that cause you to lose
1: yeah it's about sums it up
0: mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a pretty challenging game, even at the easiest level,
1: yeah, I would definitely say so. I remember the first time we played it. we started it out at the hardest level mm-hmm. because you operate in weird, weird ways, <laughs> and you like to take risks, and I like to play it safe. So I wanted to start off at the easiest level to kind of get our feet wet. and you were like, no, we've played cooperative games before. We can do this. Let's start at the hardest level.' And I think that first game we played lasted about 15 minutes before mm-hmm. we yeah. lost. <laughs>
0: 15 minutes, including the setup, <laughs> getting everything out of the box. Um, and the first time we played it, we actually got the game from a media library at a at the university that I work at. And they have a huge library of games. But the unfortunate thing is they, you know, their games aren't always in the best condition. Um, right.
1: So with Pandemic... Um, I forgot the name of the game we were playing for a second. <laughs> pandemic is correct. <laughs> um, with pandemic, you use little cubes of different colors to signify the disease, and if it if the disease is present at a mm-hmm. location. So you place these cubes on the board, and that signifies the disease. And you have a certain number of cubes of each color. There's four colors for the four diseases. And the game that we got from the university had, I guess some people had borrowed it, played the game, and when they were putting it up, realized that they had lost one of the disease cubes. Or maybe
0: used them for their copy of the game, who knows.
1: (laughs) Right. And regardless, the way the university works is they weigh the box when you check the game out and then they weigh it when you return it, kind of to see if everything was in there. And so people had replaced the disease cubes with little Legos. Oh,
0: well, we replaced them with Legos.
1: No, some other people had too. And then oh, we replaced okay. some that were all like that were still missing <laughs> yeah, when and, we got the game. And
0: they're are little plastic cubes and some people had put like little wooden cubes and like sharpied the color.
1: <laughs> That's um, right.
0: Yeah. So and actually the the pieces that we replaced I left in the box. Uh, you know I was just kind paint of paying it forward. It, yeah, paying it forward, right. <laughs> But yeah, you know, speaking of that, the game has these nice little components. It does. I think there's 24 of each uh, of the four colors of cubes, you know, really tiny cubes, but they're perfect for, you know, putting them on the cities for the diseases. Um, You have a couple of like little research station tokens, um, a couple of tokens to represent like your outbreak and your infection rate. And you have little kind of pawn looking uh, pieces for your food rolls. Yeah, roles. I want to
1: call them meeples, but they're not meeples. Right.
0: Uh, they they got a specific name. But I just can't remember. It's kind of like the Sari tokens, but like advanced. Hybrid meeples. <laughs> right. Um,
1: <laughs> it's a cross between a Sari token and a meeple.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, the game has really good a really good quality of components. Obviously, it's a very popular game uh, published by a very well-known publisher. So of course it's going to have high quality components, but um, everything fits really nicely inside the box. There's no wasted space. It just looks really good on the table. So, and I know just from a few pictures, some of their expansions um, are kind of just stickers that you add to the main board to kind of add on to that disease track, I guess. So very good uh, component quality. The art and graphic design is really well done. Yeah, I was
1: going to say the people that you're playing as, the roles, Mm -hmm. it's not just a card that has a description. So it doesn't just Mm -hmm. say scientist. And with each person that you can play as, they they each have their own special abilities. So you have Mm -hmm. a quarantine specialist, a scientist, a researcher, and et cetera. But it's not just a card that has the name and then what their special ability is, but they actually have a character for each role. So you have a little person, Mm -hmm. and I I really like that because you kind of get to. I mean, I guess you're playing as them, but you kind of get to put a face to the character. You could say that
0: you play a role in the game. You are role playing with your role card. It's very easy, yes. It's You're very so easy funny. to fall into it. I am. I'm hilarious. Um <laughs> yeah. So actually for the longest time, I you know, we played the game twenty times or so.
1: Or so <laughs>
0: and you know, I did not know the difference between pandemic and epidemic. I was like, oh, what's the difference between these? So I looked it up, um, because I'm a smarty. Um <laughs> and yeah, pandemic is when something is like a global event and global it affects things globally and epidemic is more of a you know,
1: centralized event.
0: Centralized thing, right.
1: Hence the epidemic cards <laughs> in the game right. that affect a specific region. Mm-hmm.
0: So, getting, so into, yeah, I am. Um, getting into that, the setup of the game is very simple. Um depending on the difficulty you want to play as, there are epidemic cards in the game. When these cards show up, you add disease cubes to a specific city and you are essentially reusing all of the infection cards that you've already used which we'll get to in a little bit but you have you can choose between four or six of these cards four or five or six of these cards at the beginning of the game and your player deck you split that into that many stacks you put an epidemic card on each one shuffle those all together and that creates your player deck each person starts off with four cards and you're flipping over nine infection cards, which just represent a city on each card. And that lets you know the color of disease to put on the city. And depending on when you flip over the card, the amount of disease cubes. The
1: first three is three disease cubes.
0: One disease cube for the first three.
1: Right. (laughs) I always get that backwards. It's one disease cube for the first three cities, two disease cubes for the next three, and then three disease cubes for the last three. Right. And the significance of that is you can't have more than three disease cubes of the same color in a city. So if later in the game that same city comes up again and you have three disease cubes on it, it results in an outbreak. Mm -hmm. Which means you have to place that color of disease cubes to every city connected to the city the outbreak is from.
0: Right. And if that causes another outbreak in an adjacent city then you're dealing with multiple outbreaks.
1: And you can only have a certain number of outbreaks before you lose. (laughs)
0: Right. So, yeah, speaking on that, real quick, you don't just lose the game in one way. You can lose the game by running out of a specific type of disease cube if you're playing too many to the board. So if you don't treat uh, one disease, if you kind of just, ah, you know, we're going to ignore it and treat these, if you flip a card and it says, okay, you got to place a disease cube here of this color and you don't have any cubes to choose from, you lose automatically. If you have eight outbreaks, I think it's eight. Yeah, you lose automatically. If If you run run out of of your
1: player deck. (laughs)
0: You lose.
1: (laughs) I just realized that there are multiple ways to lose this game, but really only one way to win it.
0: Well, I mean, that's how it should be. I think, you know, (laughs) Uh, I'd prefer there to be one specific goal uh, because if there were multiple ways to try to to win the game, it it wouldn't make it interesting, but I think you're already trying to work together to accomplish one goal, it'd be hard to try to then decide which path which path of victory to take.
1: I don't know. I think that could make it more interesting because then you could look at different goals that you could try to achieve. And not only are there different goals that you could try to achieve, but you need to come to a consensus with the people you're playing with, or in this case, you know, you and I together, on what goal we're going to work for because because it is a cooperative game mm-hmm. you don't have the option of one person working towards one goal and the other person working towards another i mean i think that is a strategy you could try to employ but just based on our experience of playing this game i don't think that that's something that would work so you would really need to agree on a goal mm-hmm. And, so, I kind of like that idea.
0: Well, I have to disagree though, because let's just say in a four player game, mm-hmm. right, you could possibly split off into teams of two and, and accomplish those things. But considering we're looking at this as a two player uh, game, you really can't just go off by yourself and do things. There are certain right. roles that can, that can clean up and take care of their own business by themselves, but a lot of roles are dependent on other players. No, I agree. Out.
1: But what I'm saying is you could potentially choose how you want to try and win this game mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's if you had
1: more than one option. But you'd have to decide together. But
0: you're already choosing how to win it, though. You know, if you have multiple paths to victory, it's like, okay, eradicate all the diseases or cure them or do this. You're then not only choosing a victory condition, but you're also having to choose how to get to that specific victory condition. Whereas now you have eight actions to choose from. Those include movement, they include or treating diseases, placing a research station, or um, finding a cure. Which, by the way, speaking of research stations, you start the game in Atlanta with a research station already. To Correct. And that kind of imitates the- CDC. CDC in Atlanta. So you have one research station, which is nothing um, during the game because you don't want to keep traveling back and forth to cure at the research station. And you
1: have to be at the research station to cure. Right.
0: So, all in all, in essence, you have a lot of different choices, and these choices aren't easy to make. I mean, you can fly to different cities, but that means giving up a player card, which mm-hmm. is just discarded. And which is you only always have a, a finite challenge. Right. And you only, you only have a finite number of player cards. Player cards are represented. Um, there's one per city mm-hmm. in, uh, in the player card deck course you have your epidemics in there too, but they are no help <laughs> and you have five actions actions are really useful but you really have to find the best time to play them right and a lot of the times the actions you know they're they're really nice like one action might be okay, you know what don't worry about infecting cities this turn okay great but the next person's turn is gonna start immediately and before you know it they're gonna be infecting cities so uh, actions are really good or events are really good um but you know, these cards are, are finite, they're, <laughs> they're they're limited in, you know, how much you want to use them because one of the actions is chartering a flight. You know, you can give up a city card and fly somewhere else and that's great, but that means that's a card that you can't use. and That's a card you'll never be able to use further in the game. So you have three steps per turn that would be choosing four actions to play. Um, after that you're drawing two player cards mm-hmm. and then you're infecting cities. And depending on your uh, what your infection rate is at, which is increased every time an epidemic card is drawn, right? you flip over that many infection cards and place a cube of that corresponding one color. One disease cube. One disease cube on that city.
1: And when you draw player cards, you can only have seven player cards in your hand at any given time. hmm So if you have more than seven when you draw, you have to discard as many as you need to to have only seven in your hand. Right. And that I always found was very tricky because you need five player or five cards of the same color Mm -hmm. to find a cure for a disease. Mm -hmm. So you really want to hold on to these cards because you want to be able to collect as many as you need but you don't want to get rid of another color cuz you'll need those later on. Right. When you're trying to cure the disease for that color and so you're sitting there with these cards and it's I think that's where it really comes in when you're trying to decide what you're going to keep, what you're going to get rid of and you're working with your with the other players with whoever you're playing with to say, okay, well I have three red, so I'll do red. You have four black, you do black. And that means if I get a black card, that'll be the first one that I'm comfortable discarding because we're gonna hope that you'll get one. Unless you have the opportunity to share knowledge and that means that you are in the same city or you meet in a specific city to where you can trade cards or give Mm. your card or take a card from your partner.
0: right? And it's entirely frustrating because sharing knowledge <laughs> is a specific action you can take and, you know, say you need Istanbul. We both have to be in Istanbul and we have to have the card Istanbul. You Unless can't just, one
1: of us is the researcher.
0: Right. There's one specific role that you still have to be in the same city, but you can trade whatever cards you want, right? which is a big help. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like they did a really good job of that in the game is making every role have that importance making one part of the game easier. So the scientist you need 4 of the same color card to find a cure. Right. You have a transportation specialist who on their turn can move other players' tokens, you know, making it easier for them to, you know, get together or move to a certain location if they couldn't do that on their own turn. So every role makes it makes a certain part of the game easier. And from a two player perspective, you know, we only have two of those abilities, but at the same time, it's only us two. We're just strategizing together. We're not having to do that between three or four people. Because, um, you know, while there might be four roles and four abilities in a four-player game, there's also four Four people that people, need to agree. Right, need to agree. They're also drawing player cards or infecting cities. So at the end of your turn, you're waiting three other turns to do what you have to do. So if you are off in an area trying to accomplish a specific goal, you know you're going to have to wait longer. Whereas with a two-player game, I think it plays quite nicely, mm-hmm. where you can just kind of bounce back and forth. Um, you can make quick decisions and kind right. of piggyback off of one another. So and it's kind of nice, you know. Only you know, kind of. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of nice, you know, <laughs> having that ability to just make a statement. If the other person agrees, great. You just go forward instead of taking. And if
1: they don't agree, you go for it. No, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's actually a way you can play the game where you keep the cards in your hand and not lay them on the table for other people to see. And you actually can't really talk to other people or like if, you, if it's your turn, you're the only person who can talk.
1: Wait, so is this something that you're making up or is this actually a like, way the game can be played?
0: So yeah, it's a way it can be played. Um, I'm not sure if it's in the rule book, but considering Pandemic's been around for you know quite a while, there's a bunch of different variations to how the game can be played to make it more difficult than playing with six Epidemic cards. Why? I mean, people like a challenge. I think we won probably twice with the six Epidemic cards. Yeah,
1: I think that's probably right. But it's only
0: when we've actually chosen our roles and not got right, them randomly. Right, and not got
1: them randomly. Right. But at the same time, I feel like that defeats the purpose of a co-op game if you're not sharing information or talking to the people you're playing with.
0: Yes and no. So yes in the fact that you're still working together But no in the fact that you're having to read your opponent – not opponents. You're having to read your teammates' moves to see what they're doing. Like if it's your turn, you can talk and say, okay, I have these cards in my hand and this is what I plan on doing. But you can't plan out the next person's turn on your turn. You can only talk about what you're doing on your turn. It's it's not officially the way to play, but that's how people – play the game when they want more challenge, so.
1: I don't like it.
0: <laughs> That's fine.
1: I am not a fan.
0: <laughs> um, overall, the game uh, played with two players, which is the only way we've played it.
1: Because we can't agree with other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we just don't have friends.
0: It's No, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. You really do have to be on the same page with multiple players. No. And um, you really have to, especially if you're going to the table with new players, <laughs> it's a little harder to get them to understand a bit how the game works um but from a two player perspective it's it's really it's honestly pretty fast paced it's it's still intense every turn um because based on the way the game is set up you could have very unfortunate placement of diseases and be like okay we have to get over here now and treat this and then as you're heading over there another place starts like popping off so it plays really well from a two-player perspective. You can bounce ideas off of each other and, and kind of just take it from there. And you're not really – I mean, you're only, there's only two players drawing player cards and in affecting cities. So you have a bit more control, I think, with two players.
1: Right. I think it's interesting that you describe the game as fast-paced because I think it can be fast-paced depending on the – what's the word I'm looking for? the level of comfort and communication that you have with the person or people that you're playing with. And I think for us, it's fast paced because we know each other really well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know (laughs) you somewhat well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we can, you know, we tend to kind of have the same goals when we're playing and play off of each other really well. And since we've played the game a few times, we kind of know what we're getting into, what Mm -hmm. we're trying to do. Right. Whereas I I wanna, it's been a while, but I wanna say the first couple times we played it, it was definitely a slower game. Sure,
0: yeah, I mean, you're learning the game too. You're learning how to play it and do it efficiently. Sure.
1: And then we didn't play it for a while, and then when we played again, we had to relearn it because Mm -hmm. we forgot the rules. But I will say that if the people playing together are not playing with the same strategy or particularly good at communication, I can see this being a very long and potentially even contentious game.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If (laughs) the game is already hard enough, if you're on the same page, right? (laughs) (laughs) if you're not on the same page... Even playing easy, you're you're most likely not going to win. So it is. I
1: think it's more than just winning, though. I think it could. I think this is a game that is co-op, but could almost, if you're not good at working together with the people you're playing with, it could start some fights.
0: Well, sure, but I think you can say that about a lot of games, even competitive games. You know, for people who feel like you do something on your turn uh, and take that games where you're taking actions against other people, I feel like some players may take certain actions offensively. So if you're getting into that, I mean, you're getting into whole this whole thing of just table chemistry and who your gaming groups are, which is why we do two player takes (laughs) because we we get each other well enough. So, but um, we still
1: had. Sure, yeah. Our, our fair amount of disagreements sure. when it comes to playing Rule, games. Yeah,
0: rules and how to play and certain things and, and all when that. When sure. I win. Which is never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Funny. Um, Funny guy.
0: But yeah, so it's definitely a tricky game to maneuver. You got to make sure that you're, like, as you said, the people that you're playing with are people you can cooperate with. So. Yeah, it's almost
1: um, like it's a cooperative game.
0: <laughs> uh, I did want to touch on a few, uh, just a few of the key words we were using to kind of explain the game. So, hand management is, you know, it's the part of the game where you're having to manage keeping useful cards while also remaining under seven. Otherwise, you'll have to discard anything over that. So, hand management comes into play when you have to decide which cards to keep and which cards to get rid of. Variable player powers, that's just describing the differences and abilities between the roles. So in a lot of games, you have the same kind of abilities as everybody else, whether it's co-op or competitive. But with this game and most other co-op games, I think, you have a different ability, so you have a role to fill. And a set number of actions each turn, that's clearly you have four actions each turn to choose from out of a total of eight. And you're having to choose the best four actions in your opinion to accomplish your goals as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. You and
1: your teammates' opinion. What? You said in your opinion the best actions, but it's in reality the opinion of you and your teammate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Unless... You choose or one person chooses to make all the de- decisions mm-hmm. for everybody, which right. I have learned is called quarterbacking. Right.
0: It's a very slippery slope because if if one player thinks that they have the best idea of how to win in mind, you know, depending on the personality of the player, again, table chemistry, that person may speak up a lot. They may say, oh, no, I actually think we should do this. I think we should do that. Or, no, see what I did on my turn? I think that's what we should, you know then You're not giving the other players a chance to play, you're right. just pl- you should just be there by yourself at the table playing Pandemic by yourself, <laughs> which you could do. I mean, you True. could, you could you technically could. play it solo, you um, could
1: play as different roles,
0: yeah. I mean, you can play, I don't know if you can play with just one role, but you could you choose play, you could, I mean, two, you three, could, three, four roles, right. yeah.
1: And that just gave me an idea, which we should totally try to do. This mm-hmm. is we should.
0: Each have two roles.
1: Yeah. Have you suggested that before? Or no. Did I just forget? Okay.
0: No. Well, I mean, it's it's already challenging enough dealing with one role, at least in my opinion it is. So, But
1: I think playing with two roles each would be a challenge but also be easier because you're having more abilities. Sure. Because each role has its own abilities. And mm-hmm. as we have found um, – when we play as two players since we only get two roles it kind of depends on which roles we get to determine how well we're going to be able to manage the game because there are times when we've played where we've randomly chosen roles and the game's gone a certain way Mm -hmm. and then other times when we've been very strategic about choosing the roles we were going to play as and that has helped us handle sure the game much better
0: yeah, I think if even if you're choosing roles and playing with two roles per player, I think it's still gonna be a huge challenge because you're having to switch gears.
1: I kinda wanna try it though.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Again, you know, that's 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 the great thing about pandemic, I think, is it doesn't specifically say that it there's a solo mode, it doesn't specifically say that you can't do this or that it's not you're not able to do this. I mean, the way that you play most of the time, everything is on the table anyway. Your hand, your strategy and all that. So I think it's, it's a very flexible game. It's you know, it's very, very, very replayable because every setup is different. Right. The cards you draw are going to be different. The rules you play are different. So it has a lot of replayability. The
1: starting setup with the diseases will
0: be different. Right. The infections and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's definitely a, it's a very, very valuable game. It has a lot of value, um, especially with introducing new players to the hobby. I think it's, you know, they say it's a gateway game, which Mm -hmm. is fine. But I think if you're going to introduce new people to that kind of game and they're used to more things like Monopoly, Sorry, and Clue and things like that, I think you may have a, you really got to choose who you're going to play with. You may have a difficult time doing it.
1: I agree and disagree with you. So I agree with you in terms of, yes, it's very different from the more traditional classic games like Monopoly, Clue, Sorry, etc. cetera.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: But while it may take a little more explaining to teach somebody how to play it, I think that it's also easier than other modern board games because sure. of its cooperative nature. Yeah. So you're not having to teach somebody the rules and then they're on their own to figure out the strategy of how to play best. You teach somebody the rules, you explain the game, But since it's a co-op game throughout, you're continuing to discuss the game and what to do. And if they're like, oh, well, I want to do this. And you say, well, I don't think that's the best decision. And here's why. Because we're all working towards a common goal so I can continue to teach you as we go. So in a way, I feel like as a gateway game to modern gaming, pandemic is probably a good one solely because it's a co-op game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess I agree with you.
1: <laughs> Never thought it happened.
0: <laughs> so um, final thoughts on the game.
1: Okay, I um, want to ask you a question. Sure. I want to hear, as part of your final thoughts, mm-hmm. your favorite thing about Pandemic mm-hmm. and your least favorite thing about Pandemic.
0: Hmm. Um, favorite thing about Pandemic would have to be the intensity, okay. I think I haven't played a single game of pandemic, easy, medium or hard where there wasn't some intense moment or moments or hard choices to make. Every choice had weight to it and everything had a purpose. Every time it was my turn, I felt like I, I, I can't screw this up. I, I have to <laughs> make the right decisions because there really isn't any time to waste. My least favorite thing about the game might be that sometimes it can just feel frustrating, um especially being in the same city, trading the same city card. I, I feel like that's frustrating, and yes, the researcher can mitigate that, but you know trading trading information is pretty important, you know, otherwise you're having to discard those extra cards and they're just out of the game. but it, trading cards with players. You know, especially if one player is focusing on one color and another is focusing on another color, that's that's a really important role. And I think there's certain parts of the game, certain actions like that that are that are a bit frustrating. I don't mind horrible setups, you know, where you draw a bunch of infection cards and it's like, man, this is not ideal. <laughs> um, but I think the game just has a few frustrations. Also, the game is, you know, uh, susceptible to like we say quarterbacking and things like that and you do have to pay more attention to who you're playing with when you're trying to introduce them to this game or play the game in general you know there's that extra step of making sure the people you're playing with that you're compatible and that you know it's going to be a fun experience and people aren't going to get too frustrated so that's probably my my pros and cons that come to mind
1: what's your favorite role
0: my favorite role is the medic 100%. 100%. The medic is a G. <laughs> uh, the medic's ability is, so before you find a cure, you can only treat one disease cube in a city per action. When you find the cure, you can treat all the disease cubes in a city. The medic, you don't need to find the cure before that. If you treat, they're all gone. And when you find the cure, just moving through a city, you cure all the cubes. It's It's such a it's such a G move, man. It's, I, I just feel so powerful. Um, but yeah, he's had, he'd have to be my favorite role. And your pros and cons and your favorite role. <laughs> Thank you for asking.
1: Um, so I think my favorite thing about the game is um, partly same as you, the intensity of the game, the fact that every game is different. No two games are really ever the same. Um, but as somebody who is a planner, I really like that the game in a lot of ways requires you to think like four or five steps ahead every Mm -hmm. time you make a decision. I'm really
0: surprised you haven't busted out spreadsheets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe for the next game. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoy the planning aspect of it to be able to say, okay, well, I'm going to make this move and these are all the actions I'm going to take. And then on your next turn, you're going to do this. And then if all goes as planned, then on my next turn, I'll do this. Like for me, I'm always thinking not just about my turn and your next turn, but about my next turn after that and where I'm going to go next. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely, I really enjoy that aspect of it, being able to plan ahead. Um, And just, of course, the fact that it doesn't, it's not a game that gets boring because every time you set it up, it's going to be a completely different game and you can switch out roles. You can try different role combinations to see how they work well together It's just there's so much that you can do with it. And I feel like we have honestly, while we've played it many times, in many ways, we've still just barely scratched the surface of the full potential of this game. I haven't even brought up my spreadsheets yet. (laughs) Um, I think my least favorite thing about the game, and you know what this is, because I gripe about it every time we play, is that to win the game, all you have to do is find a cure for each disease, yep. you don't have to eradicate the diseases. Now, eradicating the diseases means you get all of the disease cubes of that color off of the board. Mm-hmm. And once all of the disease cubes of that color are off the board, when you go through the infection phase, if that color comes up, you don't have to infect because the disease has been, quote unquote, eradicated.
0: And if it's cured.
1: You have to cure... Right, 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 right. Sorry. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I meant after you... I'm operating on the assumption that you've cured and then eradicated. So I like completion. Mm -hmm. I like to see things through. (laughs) Sure. And it frustrates me to no end Mm -hmm. that just by finding a cure for all four diseases and finding a cure is obviously you have five player cards of that color. You discard all five cards of that color to find the cure unless you're playing as the researcher in which case you only need four player cards scientist scientist Mm -hmm. sorry if you're playing as a scientist you only need four player cards of the same color to find a cure um but yeah so you're saying that all you have to do is find a cure for all four diseases and the game is over and every time you know, usually when we play, we end up eradicating one or two, or mm-hmm. curing and eradicating one or two diseases. Mm-hmm. But there's at least one, I feel like, disease that's we never, we find the cure for it, but we don't eradicate sure. it. And it bugs me to no end mm-hmm. that we end the game and there are still disease cubes on the board.
0: Okay, but what you're explaining, all right, let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> picture any disaster movie, right? Mm-hmm. And... So let's just say it's Godzilla, right? And Godzilla is trashing the city. And you're following the main characters. And their mission throughout the entire movie is, all right, man, we got to stop Godzilla. And they do, right? They find a way to stop Godzilla. Movie's over. We've defeated Godzilla. But what you're saying is you want the extra hour at the end of the movie going like, all right, now we got to clean up. (laughs) So... Now we got to pick up this rubble. <laughs> I hope we win an Oscar because this is good stuff. But uh,
1: I want to move through the world
0: mm-hmm.
1: and eradicate. It's not enough that you found a cure. Mm-hmm. There are still people suffering yeah. from the disease. Yeah, I want to, like, I understand. I understand that when you get to the very last, when you've eradicated three out of the four cured diseases,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that point, you're literally just moving across the board. Mm-hmm curing right so i understand the last one i get that at that point you're kind of like all right i'm done Mm -hmm. i'm not the general public maybe but at least three out of the four it bugs me that we end the game and there are still disease cubes on the board because i feel very incomplete so that is my con
0: okay well, that could be a little nice after-game activity. <laughs> I think you call around. that
1: just putting the game up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's just sweeping them off the board. Oh, look, look, uh, we eradicated them. Sure, all right, let's go to bed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so your that favorite role. That'll just be my part of the game. <laughs> right, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm turning in. You're going to be out here for a while? Okay, great.
1: <laughs> just going through my actions, yeah. <laughs> drawing player cards.
0: Yeah, um, so your favorite role.
1: The scientist.
0: A scientist. I knew it. Yeah. The scientist is pretty pretty stellar.
1: Because I feel like when you're drawing um, your cards, collecting four and staying within that limit of seven cards and collecting four of the same color to cure diseases is much more doable, mm-hmm. much more feasible. Yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you're trying to get cards of the same color you'll get four of them and then you're waiting for the next five turns to get that fifth card. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the universe, the universe's way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always manage to get those four cards pretty easily and yeah. you're always waiting for that fifth one or you have to share knowledge for the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Something like that has to happen. Right. So I love being able to have the four cards I need to just be able to say, okay, I'm going to cure. And if I had it my way, mm. eradicate as well. <laughs> right. But apparently we're just calling that cleaning up and putting the game away.
0: Yeah. Um, so other than that, a uh, couple of last final thoughts is Pandemic is a, you know, it's a best-selling game for a reason. Um, like I stated before, has a lot of replayability. It's a good quality game and it's um it's good for introducing people to the cooperative side of modern gaming. Um I'd also you know say that based on the expansions which we haven't played yet, um it adds even more quality and, and value to the game as being able to finish one thing and do the next. And of course there's the legacy editions of the game where the decisions you make are permanent, you know. Um so aside from that, I like the game. I think it's Again, I think it's a classic for a reason, and I've enjoyed playing it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I really enjoy the game. I love playing it from the two-player perspective. Um, Looking past the two-player perspective, just because although our kid is currently very, very young, but will one day play games with us because
0: soon she as she turns no two, we're there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's also a really great family game, mm-hmm. kind of to break away from that two-player mode that we're usually in. But right. I think it's a really, really great family game because it encourages conversation. It encourages working together. It kind of emphasizes teamwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be great for kids to learn how to work together, play together, because everybody knows – group projects are constant no matter what stage of your education you're in yes and i think it's also great for a family to be able to spend time together play a game together and end the night with everybody on the same side yep well i think that's all i have to say about pandemic what about you
0: Yeah, I think that about wraps it up for me. So um, thanks for taking the time to listen to our review of Pandemic. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. You can check out things we're doing now and in the future at StopDropTabletop.com.
1: We want to hear about your two-player experiences. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at StopDropTabletop and on Twitter at SDTabletop. We hope you enjoyed our two-player take.